insurance agents from around the world. Hey guys, this is Scott Howell with the Insurance Guys Podcast. Hey, let's talk about client experience for just a minute. Guys, we have got to start meeting our clients where they want to be met, not where you want to be met. This isn't about you. Okay. I know we would all love it to be about us. It's about our clients. We've got to start meeting them where they want to be met. I understand some of you want them to call the office. That's great. For those people that want that, that's fantastic. Every year, more and more people want to jump on a mobile app. They want to download their ID cards. They want easy. They want speed. They don't want to come by and drink coffee and talk to you for 45 minutes. Okay. One of the easiest ways you can do this is through your agency branded self-service platform. Guys, that's where Glovebox comes in. A carrier connected agency branded tool for your clients. Call today. Get a demo with Glovebox. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast to get 20% off for the life of your agency-branded CXP. Guys, let's go meet our clients where they want to be met. Easy speed. Have a great day. Hey, guys, it's Bradley. Every now and then, a company comes across my desk that not only blows my mind and what they're able to accomplish, but we implement that particular technology in Portal, and it completely changes the way we do business. That's happened a few times with a few different companies, and it happened this year with Ascend. In case you don't know, Ascend saves agent time by simplifying the time-consuming process of collecting payments, premium financing, and carrier payables. Without the back-and-forth paperwork integrated right into your checkout experience where customers can pay how they want, credit, debit, ACH, own the entire customer experience it's branded to your agency and offer a modern checkout experience that your customers want ascend will also this is the big one for me automatically pay the provider the carrier the mga so you don't have to deal with the payables it turns agency bill into direct bill it combines the benefits of agency bill owning the experience with the convenience of direct bill don't have to worry about collections payables so you get the best of both worlds and the best part is there's no subscription, no fee, and no cost to the agents. Stop wasting time on payments so you can focus on growing your business. Go to useascend.com backslash insurance guys. I'm telling you guys, this is not just a promotion. This company is going to change the insurance industry. They've already changed portal. Useascend.com backslash insurance guys. That's U-S-E-A-S-C-E-N-D.com backslash insurance guys. Tell them we sent you. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Hey, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. Three hours of forensics accounting this morning, ladies and gentlemen. There is nothing on this earth that I would rather do than forensics accounting. Rather go through a workers' comp audit, wouldn't you? It's my passion. (laughs) Some people watch and follow the New York Jets, Alabama football, fly fishing, bear hunting, whatever it may be. My passion is forensics accounting. That's what I do on my off time. Bradley? Scott? Severe weather day today. Supposed to be tornadoes all over the place tonight. I think we're at SPC four out of five. Five means you're going to die. (laughs) So we're right below five. The wind outside my office is blowing at a steady 37 miles an hour right now. Do you have any thoughts and feelings on today's state of Alabama severe weather outbreak? Where, where are we at with that? Uh, my airplane is supposed to take off right when the bad weather starts. So that's my the only thing. I'm <laughs> what if this is the last podcast? Oh, dear God, don't do? go there. Don't go there. Bradley, you've got to answer this question. (laughs) Okay. What do you want me to say when I walk up to the podium at your funeral? 
which will mm-hmm. be about what's today, Wednesday. So that'll be about probably Monday <laughs> of next week. What? I don't have any life insurance, so there it'll be a it'll be podunk. You're lying. I don't believe you. <laughs> what would you like for Scott to say when I when I get up there? I don't know, but I just know that I want you to do it. <laughs> make it up as you go. And just um, make sure that you don't get Jason Cass to replace me. I understand. Well, uh, guys, we've got a great podcast for you today. I asked and the people spoke. I asked the question to multiple agents. I said, guys, what do you guys want to hear a podcast about? And I I had CJ Hudson pillar came back and he said, dear sweet baby Jesus, we get 700 questions a day in insurance soup about high value automobiles, how to insure them, what carriers, those types of things. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the man on this podcast today that can answer all those questions. This is what he does. And it's important to know this is your podcast. You, you as in the listener, this is, this is y'all's show. We love when people reach out to us and say, Hey, have you done an episode on this subject or would you do an episode on this subject? Sure. Absolutely. Don't confuse that with, would you interview me on the show? But would you do an episode on this subject? And we may have something coming out really soon that solves the first question of, have you done Correct. an episode on the show that remains to be announced, but it is your show. So moving forward, if there's something you guys want to hear, let us know. Absolutely. Call Scott's personal cell phone. That's right. Call my personal cell night. phone. Ask me what you want to hear. Guys, it's our, our job on this podcast. Our mission on this podcast is to help you agents any way we can and to row the boat just a little closer to the lighthouse. I cannot tell you how pissed off I'm going to be the next time I look on insurance soup and some dum-dum has asked the question about insuring high-value vehicles because I'm just going to post this episode in the comment section. That's what I'm going to do. So without further ado, please allow me to give our guest the introduction that he has always deserved. He was born and raised in Houston, Texas, and he currently resides in Lago Vista, Texas. I want to visit there sometime. He is married to the beautiful Paige, and he is a graduate of Texas A&M, majoring in fire science and fire engineering, which led to his career as a fireman for the Ponderosa Fire Department in Houston, Texas. His passion for our country and the freedoms that we have led him to serve in the United States Army as an infantryman with a 3rd Infantry Division. Thank you for our, your service, sir. Upon fulfilling his contract with the U.S. Army, He studied applied science and criminal justice at Odessa College, and he has graduated from the Odessa College Law Enforcement Academy and fulfilled a childhood dream of becoming a police officer with the city of Odessa. In 2014, he began his career in insurance with State Farm, and through hard work and dedication, his office earned a place as one of the top 50 agencies in America. In 2017, he made the decision to open his own independent agency, Boardman Insurance Services, where he currently serves as the agency owner with an emphasis on exotic high-end automobiles. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Kenneth Boardman. How are you, Kenny? Man, I'm good. How are you, sir? Man, I'm the best I've ever been. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your service to our country. It means a lot to me, and it means a lot to Bradley. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, man. You are a man. Well, let's just, before we get into exotic high-end vehicles, racing vehicles, track race teams, all this other stuff, I want to hear the story. And where the story begins is two big old boys climbing in my DeLorean right now. And let's go back in time to around 2014 talk about how you got into the insurance industry and kind of bring us up to today for sure man uh so it's kind of a wild story when i left law enforcement i had uh gotten a divorce and kind of didn't know what i was going to do man i'd I'd done you know three things to to help my country and and my people and I, i loved helping people and so i moved from odessa to austin my brother lived here and i kind of ran my my family's car wash business for six or eight months. And me and my brother didn't see eye to eye and, and running a 
running a business together and we had different ideas. And so I said, I need to do something else. My uncle was a agent for Allstate years and years and years ago. And I knew that he had done very well and he sold his Allstate agency years and years and years ago. And he specialized in trucking. He retired at right over 40 years old and never worked again in his life and was good to go. And so that kind of, you know, I kind of remember that I called my uncle Royce and I said, Hey, what's this, what's this insurance stuff about? And I had a long conversation with him and it intrigued me. And so I applied at some places and got hired on at State Farm uh, for an agent in Austin and got some training. Um, then went into the Aspirant program. Uh, and when it came down, you know, grew a, a very big agency. I just, when it came to, hey, you're going to have to sell mortgages, you're going to have to sell credit cards and bank accounts and auto loans. And, and I think the big one was, you know, they came in and said, hey, you know, we're, we're partnering with BlackRock. You need to do investments and, and take people's life savings and and man, I just couldn't imagine, you know, Grandma Susie, some 80-year-old lady coming in if the market took a tank and her screaming and yelling that I lost her entire life savings. Right. And I just I can't do this, man. I'm I'm out. A lot of people had that same heartburn. Yep. It was it was hard to stomach, man. You know, I left a, a very big paycheck and I I just couldn't do it. I just and I was just angry every day when I went to work, you know, and so my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, every day would say, just, just quit, just leave. I was like, I can't, I can't, what am I going to do? And so, you know, finally she, uh, she typed up my resignation letter on a thumb drive and handed it to me and said, you need to get out of there. You're just, you're angry. You're coming home angry. And so I did, um, I quit. Um, and then a few months later opened my independent agency and knew exactly what I wanted to do. We don't do, uh, Anything that I didn't like at State Farm, we don't do here. <laughs> right. Hey, let me say this to all you agents out there, especially guys and girls who went captive at one time and then went over to independent, uh, the independent channel. One of the common denominators I've noticed is anytime somebody's doing something they don't like as a captive, they always don't do it when they go independent. Every time. Nope, we don't. And people call and, uh, you know, they're like, hey, you do health insurance. Hey, do you do this? I'm like, nope, we sure don't. I can tell you somebody that does, but we don't do it here. Um, we're pretty, I learned through, um, I learned through uh, State Farm is that they wanted us to do a lot of things. And and I'm uh, pretty in my wheelhouse now. If, if we don't do it, we're not going to do it. It's a good position to be in. You know, we've gotten there recently in the last year of like knowing exactly the things that we are good at that we want to do but, and also the things that we either don't do well or, or, or what have you. And, you know, an example I give is somebody reached out and that doesn't mean you don't venture out every now and then and try new niches to see maybe, Hey, let's, let's dip our toe in this water and see maybe, Hey, is this something that we could potentially build a niche in? But I definitely wouldn't do like one-off type things. You know, I think that's, that's where you get messed up. I think is, is when you, you, you do a one-off deal and you don't plan on actually building a niche around that. And it's not a situation where it's a family member or a good referral partner or something like that. I'm trying to remember what it was. Somebody reached out to me this or reached out to one of our agents this week. And the agent came to me and was like, Hey, could we do this? I'm t- it was something weird. I, I know people would find it entertaining, but my answer to him was, is, Hey, the amount of time it's going to take us to, Oh, I know what it was. It was a, um, Shoot, I got it. I have it right here. I mean, it wasn't funny, but I said the amount of time it's going to take us to research how to even do that mobile pet grooming business. Wow. I was like, that sounds like something that probably has an okay premium on it. You know, anything, I mean, you guys know anything that involves mobile anything, things uh, get a little sketchy, right? Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah. Like one of our small niches that we do is, is non emergency medical transport. We do some of that. And it gets a little, it gets a little hairy sometimes, but I told the the guys like the amount of time it's going to take us to research just how to do that. Like not only are there 15 deals that whoever I assign that to is going to like miss out on because they're researching this stupid pet grooming thing, but the customer is going to be over there like pissed off because I haven't gotten them a rate yet. 
and then it's going to reflect poorly on us. You know what I mean? So that's when I think it, I love it that you're in a position of like, hey, here's the things that we do and we do these really well. We really don't do anything outside of this. Yeah. And that came from, you know, kind of like you just said, when I when I opened my independent agency, it was let's write everything that we can because we needed to make money. Right. We have right. to live. I had bills to pay and it was, oh, you're a contractor and you need a certificate. Yeah, let's write it. Oh, next week you're canceling it. And I've learned through the you know trials and tribulations of those several first years of, hey, let's really do some investigation on these discovery calls and let's see what we're doing to not get burned and not get these chargebacks. And, and, and so now I'm to the point of, hey, if it's not in our wheelhouse, we're not going to do it. And I'll flat out tell people. Scott, how do you feel about contractors? On rock contract. Liars <laughs> and thieves. <laughs> Damn son bitches will what's, stand there and lie to you. They'll climb a damn tree to lie. What's when your, uh, is it the Ron the, Swanson that's like every contractor is a miserable thief or something? Yeah, he's, I hate to paint with a broad brush, but every contractor's a liar and a thief. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hate to say that, guys. I just haven't had, I haven't had very good luck with them. Dude, and, I'm going to be honest with you. I have right now three Three, I have I have two clients that are stiffing me on payments on agency bill accounts, which has never happened before. And I have one that attempted fraud, and all three of them are contractors. <laughs> it never fails, man. They're, they, it's like every one that we had that was either, you know, I, I learned my first agency bill, bound a policy, check bounced. Oh, got burned on that minimum earned premium years ago. So yeah. I learned my lesson there. And then I started learning my lesson of these guys just cancel their insurance. They just want to COI. Or they go, or they get a COI, and then they go make their own. One of those guys I sent to collections, and the collection agency is working on contingency, and the guys hired an attorney, and they're like just hoping that they can be mean enough that we'll go away. I'm like, dude, this guy's working on contingency. Like, we will just keep going. Like, I don't have anywhere else to be. You know, <laughs> I don't understand how people write contractors because okay, every standard carrier in America is going to audit their policy at the end of the term, right? And the chances of them giving you an accurate amount, whether it's pay, you know, payroll and their, you know, gross revenue when you start the policy is like zero. I'm gonna go so, negative. We're gonna go under zero because there is yeah, negative no chance. <laughs> negative 35 that they're gonna give you the accurate amount. Then when the carrier does just a little bit of due diligence and gets all their stuff in after the audit's over yeah. and they get a bill for $5,000, $6,000 from the previous term, they just, I mean, you would think that, oh my gosh, I'm not paying it. This is bullshit. I'm going somewhere else. I have I just, a theory on that. I don't understand how anybody ever writes them and keeps them on the books. I have a theory on that. I think it'd be one of three things. One when you're in a niche, it's really easy to, to, to weed out the BS. So I think if your niche is contractors, you know, it's, it's probably really easy for Kenny to, to realize when somebody's high value car and they're not, but they're not going to has a high value car, but they're not going to be a great client. You know what I mean? Yeah. For example, you know, we all know David Carruthers, he has his, these are the prerequisites in order to do business with our agency. I need this, 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 if you don't get one of those, okay, sorry, we can't do business. You know what I mean? So there's, there's little cues and things like that. You know, for example, us, we, we do a lot of trucking, like there's certain things that, that are red flags to us. If we have too many of those, we're going to walk away from it. So I think it's that, I think it's having enough volume to offset the idiots. I think that's the big one. Um, and I think the third one is some of these, these agencies that have the auto owners and the Cincinnati's and the Frankenmoots and those sorts of Westfield, I don't know if they do contractors, but these sort of like, you know, high end carriers that the message is reiterated to the client, like, Hey, this is the best dang policy you can buy for a contractor for what you do. Don't screw it up. Basically. Mm. I think that's, that's part of it as well. And then everybody else can go to next insurance. Like, you know what I mean? All right, Kenny, here we go. Agents, get your pen and paper out. Write this shit down. We're about to get into the getting right now. So let's talk about high-end vehicles, your niche, what you do, racing vehicles, expensive vehicles. We have questions. You have answers. So first and foremost, I guess the first question I would ask is what type of vehicles are considered high-end or high-value? I think that question really depends on the three series BMW. 
<laughs> some people would say that's a high-end vehicle. And I think it really depends on who you ask, right? If you're asking me what a high-end vehicle is, it's going to be something different than you, Scott, or you, Bradley, or the thousands of people in soup, right? Some people think a BMW is a high-end vehicle. I personally would never own one, wouldn't buy one, don't think they're high-end vehicles. But for the for what we're talking about on this podcast is, you know, an exotic, let's say a Lamborghini, Ferrari, McLaren, Pagani, you know, there's Bugatti, there's several others out there. And some people, especially with this car market, uh, the used car market, I'm sure you all are aware of what's happened in the past couple of years uh, and how vehicles values have just gone through the roof. By the way, people's premiums have gone up because of that too. If no one's noticed, listen to this podcast, it's an insurance uh, very easy explanation for your clients. We insured a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon the other day, and I want to say we insured it for right at about $280,000, uh, agreed value policy. That vehicle, if you were to buy it two years ago before COVID and inflation and the market went absolutely nuts, you would pay MSRP. You cannot go buy a G-Wagon today for MSRP. They're $100,000 over market adjustment. Um, and so... That kind of now falls into what we do because it's on an agreed value policy. You could say a high value vehicle. If you were to buy that G-Wagon you know, today for $280,000 and total it tomorrow or it burns to the ground tomorrow, but MSRP is 180, you got a pretty big difference there losing some money, right? So high value, it's, you know, we insure a lot of high value stuff, but to go, you know, typically you're going to look at agreed value policies for things that are going to fit there. And some things won't like, you know, if you said, hey, a Maserati, you can go buy a Maserati for 30 grand. Right. It's the Honda Civic exotic cars, right? Right. Ghibli's 30,000 bucks used, but you have a lot of carriers that won't take it. Yeah. Driving a Maserati right now, just listen to that and his head dropped and he changed the station. (laughs) I feel that all the time, man. It's the Honda Civic of of exotics. If he's an insurance agent, he's probably not driving a Maserati. I wouldn't think. I mean, he might, but Kenny, tell me this. If if I'm going to be an insurance agent and one of my clients walks in and they just purchased a brand new Ferrari, number one, what special coverages do I typically am I gonna need to put on exotic vehicles that I wouldn't have to worry about with just a like Bradley said, a Honda Civic or something. For sure. So the big one is the agreed value coverage. Okay. You know, typically on a Safeco, Travelers, MetLife, Progressive, you name it, you know, those policies, they can't account for an exotic value. Um, You know, they're based on a number of things, Um, ACV being one the big one. So when you write an exotic car, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a McLaren, those cars need to be an agreed value per the per the market, right? You could do them off the buyer's order, which right now in this market is probably a good thing to do because they're they're just selling way over what sticker price is. Do most carriers require because you're going on agreed value for you to submit to the carrier something showing you know, yes, maybe where they bought it and how much they paid for it and that kind of thing. Yes, they will. Typically they will ask for a buyer's order, you know, because we do so much of it and we really, you know, know the market, we don't really get asked for buyer's order much anymore. You know, years ago when we started doing it, we got asked for buyer's orders all the time because they want to make sure that you know the market on the cars. And so, yes, buyer's order. And it depends on the carrier too and the the value. If you're over 500,000 in value, Haggerty uh, Private Client Services, a lot of people don't know about Haggerty PCS. It's the easiest process. Um, we have a direct underwriter over there. We can literally send her a name, a VIN number, and a couple other, uh, you know, a, a buyer's order, market value on the car, or a, a receipt, um, you know, a, a invoice. If, if the car's had a lot of work done or we're trying to prove value, you can just shoot that over. Uh, we use a lady named Brooke. Um, she's direct. And anything over 500000 premium comes in really, really well. The benefits that they give over at Haggerty PCS for those cars, they're second to none. You're not going to find another carrier that does claims like, like they do uh, and does all the roadside and parts. And they do a cherished salvage value. So if you 
If the car gets totaled, you can keep the car and still pay you the whole agreed value. Wow. Wow. And is that, is that, you know, I know Haggerty, it's really not the regular Haggerty. It's not supposed to be your daily driver, Correct. so to speak, but is that not the case with private client services? Yes and no. Let me, let me put it this way. If you have over $500,000, let me, let me back up. If you have an exotic car, right? A Lamborghini, a McLaren, whatever, on an agreed value policy with Haggerty, American Modern, American Collectors, Grundy, they're supposed to be low mileage, pleasure use only vehicles, right? Use them to go to cars and coffee on Sunday or right. a show or a parade. Drive around or something like on the weekend. Yeah. On the weekend, you run to, you know, the Sonic and get an ice cream or, or whatever you do, the car show. That's what they're supposed to be used for. When you go to Haggerty PCS and you have that over 500000 in value, and let's say you have that G-Wagon that we talked about earlier that you paid $100,000 over, you can drive that G-Wagon as much as you want with Haggerty PCS. Gotcha. Your Lamborghini and your McLaren, there's still a mileage limit on those. But once you reach that 500000 in value, they can put a couple other cars on there. Um, they'll also do, if you have a big collection, they'll do your tow vehicle, they'll do your trailer. Um, if you're hauling vehicles to shows or, or whatever, Haggerty PCS will do those with no mileage limitations on those as well. How do you ensure somebody like, a, like say you lived in Los Angeles and there, there's probably a high value uh, insurance agent out there, but where you, where you have like uh, rock stars and movie stars and, and thought leader, not thought leaders, but like uh, social media thought leaders who are driving, like their everyday cars are Ferrari. So we have, we insure quite a few people like that. Yeah. One of them is a YouTube star. He's got about 20 million subscribers over all of his channels. The kid daily drove a, a Lamborghini. Yep. Um, and, and he was not, you know, he had six or seven cars, but he wanted to drive this Lamborghini. It's a $900,000 SVJ. And he, and he wanted to daily drive it. And he was, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Um, he was also 24 years old. So I don't know if y'all know about writing exotics and things on agreed value policies with American modern and American collectors and Haggerty. I know, I know what Bradley's about Expensive policy. How much, how much is that? <laughs> Give me a ballpark on that. 24 years old. I bet he didn't up. have a clean driving record either. Can I, can I guess? Yeah, no. Go take can a guess. I, can I take a guess as to what the policy premium is a year? All right, you guess, Scott, then I'm going to guess. Take a guess. Is this uh, is it an annual or a semi-annual policy? It is a semi-annual policy. Six months. Six yep. months. Okay. So for the year, we'll take both his terms and put them together. I'm going to guess $35,000 Okay. a year. I'm going to say $120,000. It's right about hundred grand. Oh, I was way off. Yeah, it was right about hundred grand premium. For four, five cars. That's amazing. So how do you, how like, how did you get, like, if somebody's listening to this and they want to get started, I mean, every niche starts with one policy. Yep. Was this something, obviously I can tell you're very passionate about cars that I'm sure that helps. How do you, how did you kind of get into this and realize like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And yeah, kind of, kind of speak to the listeners of like, if I'm a listener and I want to get into this, you know, what, what would step one be for Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo? Yeah. So, you know, how it started for me, you know, when I opened the independent agency, a friend of mine, and it's widely known, uh, his name's Antonio Calvo owns Calvo Motorsports. They build the world's fastest half mile twin turbo vipers i mean 3000 plus horsepower vipers that do 250 miles in a standing half a mile um he called me and he goes hey man farmers dropped me for my shop insurance i said farmers insured your shop that builds the vipers and he said yeah he's like well, but when i got it like you know two years ago the agent told me to take down my website for a week or or whatever and, and kind of let it get <laughs> and i was like oh okay well if y'all asked a thousand insurance agents how to insure a high performance race car shop that builds 3000 plus horsepower street legal cars, a thousand insurance agents would tell you, I have no idea. And they wouldn't take the time to research it. Cars were a huge passion of mine growing up. They always have been. I've had race cars. It's just what I do. I'm a huge car nut. Uh, and so I took a little time and started researching and found a carrier to insure that shop. Um, and once I did that, 
it turned into, hey, we're building these Vipers that are half a million dollars in value or more. They need insurance because State Farm and Travelers and Haggerty, they're not insuring these high, high horsepower cars and, and they don't know what to do with them. Um, and so I started doing some research. You know, Haggerty won't take those things. Uh, but in my research, I figured out, hey, Haggerty takes these cars, these classics, some of these exotics, if they're pleasure use. And I figured out the underwriting guidelines for each carrier doing my research to start insuring these. And it turned into us really just diving down in that niche of insuring mm-hmm. exotics and high performance cars. And I, I literally just researched carriers and their under, I just read underwriting manuals. Um, I like to read for fun. It's probably a weird thing. My wife tells me I'm a nut because I just like to read stuff uh, and contracts. I love to read contracts to know what's in them. And so I just started reading guidelines and learned each carrier's guidelines about what they will and won't accept. Kenny, who is your top four carriers? If I want to ride an exotic car in my agency, who, who do I have to have as far as writing that stuff? I know Haggerty private client would be one of yep. them. Haggerty, Haggerty PCS, American Modern, uh, and American Collectors. That's I think three. Yeah, we can write through Grundy. We don't have any policies through Grundy. They have a really weird exclusion in their policy that I don't really agree with. If the, uh, if the wheels are touching the ground, the it's excluded <laughs> from coverage. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to the grocery store during the week or, you know, Hey, uh, today it's, you know, probably 85 degrees out here in, in Leander, Texas, right down the street from where I live at my office. It's beautiful and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. If I wanted to take my car out today that was insured with Grundy and drive it to my office and then drive it home when something happened, there's a chance they're going to ask what you were doing. And that is an exclusion in their policy. We don't write with them. Okay. Next question. I got two very important questions that the podcasting listening audience is going to be all over. Question number one, Scott wins the Powerball lottery next week. $720 million comes my way. Okay. No chance of that happening because I've got people stealing money from me. It's like they're in one of those, those clear fiberglass game show things where you grab the cash that's basically all the accounts I have both professionally and personally right now. I was listening to that. Show. I am, I am literally three days away for filing for food stamps right now. So there's no danger of any of that happening for me, but let's just say I win the Powerball Powerball lottery next week. And I'm going to buy a high value exotic vehicle. You are an expert in these vehicles. What would you advise me to buy? And by the way, I'm six foot three, almost six four. So I got to be able to fit in it too. You ain't fitting in a Lambo. I can tell you that. Well, that's uh, off know. the list. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like five ten, and Lambos are kind of cramped. Man, honestly, this is always, I, I get this question a lot. And it's really a tough one for me to answer because there is so many different things about each one, right? Some kids grew up looking at a red Ferrari as a poster on their wall. And if you told them, hey, if you want a ton of money, go buy a McLaren 720. And they're going to say, you're crazy. I want a red Ferrari. I've had one on a poster as my kid, you know, as a kid. And I wanted one forever. And there's so many different things about each car. I don't think you could really pick one brand or one model as the best. Mm. Right? If I won 700 million, I'd go probably buy one of each that I liked. I'd go sit yeah. at them and, and I'd buy them and drive them, you know, accordingly. Right. Um, it really depends on what you want to do with the car. Do you insure a lot of these Teslas that are out there? You know, uh, they just came out with a new plaid, the uh, Tesla Roadster that's going to do one point zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds and all that good stuff. Are you insuring any of those? We do. We do some plaids, uh, which plaids. is the one. Yeah, it's the I think it came out, I don't know, six, seven months ago. It's the fastest Tesla they make. And let me tell you what, it's fast. Yeah. Um, I've been in one and they are, you know, I've had some thousand plus horsepower cars myself and that Tesla is fast for an electric car. It just, it throws you back in the seat, stopping and handling. Ah, That's a different story, but. (laughs) Okay. Next question. And I've been wanting to ask somebody this question for since the week, since the day that Bradley and I were in New York interviewing Gary Vaynerchuk and at the exact same time, not far from us, Tracy Morgan. You remember this story? I do. 
Did, did, did you hear the story, Kenny? Uh-uh, I haven't heard it. Okay, so Tracy Morgan, Bradley, you may have to look this up for me because I can't remember which one he bought, but he bought something. It was a Bugatti, a high-end Ferrari. I don't remember which one it was. He rolls it out of the showroom floor onto the city, the city streets of New York, and he gets hit. He's like 20 feet from the damn dealership front door, and he gets hit. So in that particular instance, what happens there? I guess he's he's outside of the dealership in downtown New York, so it's on him, right? So, man, this is a tough one, right? So let's say that you have Travelers or Safeco. You know, and Safeco will do they'll they'll do some classic cars and some high value stuff. By the way, they do do agreed value policies that are pretty good. Let's say you have this Bugatti that you bought and you roll out the dealership and you haven't put insurance on it yet because the dealership says, "Oh, you're covered. You got insurance." Right. So you pull out and that thing gets smacked and totaled. Do you really think they're going to pay five million bucks for your car when you're paying twenty five hundred dollars a year for insurance? Mm-mm. No, no, no. We get people all the time uh, because we've created relationships with dealerships, with Lamborghini, uh, with Ferrari and Porsche and, and these high end dealerships that we know the salespeople, we know the managers and we have them call us before they take delivery of the car. So, you know, because we need 24, 48 hours to ensure those cars because of the way they have to be underwritten uh, and looked at, you know, we need photos, you know, we still do get buyer's orders uh, or if they're, you know, if they sent a wire or who it's financed through, because we need to put lien holders on there. Uh, And we, we ensure those things before they leave the dealership because we don't want that instance to happen to where they take delivery uh, and they leave and, you know, get hit. Granted, if you have AIG, Chubb, Cincinnati, Pure, you know, if you've got some of these high, you know, high net worth carriers, as they call them right. on your stuff, you're probably in a little bit better shape of getting your getting that car covered. Yeah. So because another thing that you do that I found to be wildly interesting is you also insure racing cars and racing teams. Yep. Now, nobody's ever come to me. I think I had one guy one time that came to me wanting to insure a race car like an actual get on the track, drive it. Yep. Who in the hell insures that? K&K. K&K. K&K has a motorsports division. There's also uh, Haggerty uh, will do some on them, but they they do take Accord forms. So it's like writing a commercial policy. Everybody hates Accords. I don't think I've ever met somebody that says, oh, I love doing Accords. Mm. Um, but you insure the motor separate from the chassis. Uh, on those cars, you can also Lloyd's has a syndicate that'll do uh, liability for them as well. What are you insuring with on track? Is it just liability? You can do property damage too uh, for the car. Is there so, things that are excluded? Like if you're acting like a jackass and like, mm-hmm. so it's just like regular, like on the road kind of. Yep. Um, the deductibles are a little bit higher. They're about ten percent deductibles. I bet, and um, I bet the premium is high as a giraffe's ass. It is. You know, we're probably one of three or four agencies uh, in America that can do on-track stuff. Got a direct product that that we that we work on. And it, for instance, you know, a let's say a hundred fifty thousand dollar car goes out for a for a weekend, uh, two days on a track, a couple track sessions. Um, you know, it can be fifteen hundred two grand for two days. That's what I was, I was about to ask. Are you insuring it almost like an event policy per race or is it a year? It's yeah. So you can do it both ways. You can do annual policies, but it really doesn't make sense unless somebody's doing six or seven track days a year to do that, or you can do it per event. Um, we're working on something else right now because currently it's for a weekend. There's a company called Open Track that we write through um, also that does day policies, um, which they're a little bit better priced. So we're kind of trying to get some liability portion put on the day policies. Open track just doesn't offer it. RLI does weekend policies and they are, you know, they can do liability as well. Can you imagine being the insurance agent that's like buddies, besties with like Richard Childress? <laughs> and you've got think think about all the stuff you would have insured. Not only are you insuring the racing team and the facility and the the transport workers comp. The, well, yeah, the workers comp, the, uh, the tra- accident, the, disability, the, transports, the, uh, the car transports and all the, the transport carriers that they use to go race to race with 
plus the RVs that are in the infield, plus probably the cars, the parts, the I mean, I can't I bet you there's five or six million dollars in insurance paid out by those NASCAR racing teams a year. We do some pretty big race teams. Um, I can't say who they are, um, but we do do some rather large race teams and we do, you know, on track stuff for race cars. Uh, We do in the Marine for the tools um, and the cars are insured on in the Marine as well. Um, You know, we do one we did the other day. uh, It's called Streetcar Takeover, um, which is another cool event. Uh, They do 19 events a year. I think they they rent a drag strip. uh, They do drag races. They do their kickoff parties in Kansas City, I think, in two weeks or something. You know, we insure half mile events for race cars. They go to old or not old. They go to airplane airports, shut down an airstrip with the FAA. They get clearance uh, and they do half mile races on these things for a day. Um, And we do a bunch of stuff at Coda too. Circuit of the Americas here in Austin. Pretty cool place. So there's a there's a meme that goes around every now and then. And some of you guys and gals listening to this have seen it. um, And it basically says client who you know five it's like five hundred dollar client hey i'm sending you the money i would really like to sit down and go over some due diligence and come visit your office this is going to be a great partnership i hope and then it says fifty thousand dollar client checks it thanks checks it thanks and we have found that to be true in our agency whereas you get some affluent clients or very successful clients that's like how much okay yeah let's go and, and then you get what I call the pretenders who put you through hell and like, it's like the worst experience ever. And we actually had one, uh, that was just being a jackass and trying to act like he was this big real estate mogul. And, uh, one of our people told him, she said, look, I know you're trying to act like some real estate bigwig, but we actually insure some real estate bigwigs and they don't act the way that you're at, that you act <laughs> like she just flat out laid it, put it on thick, you know? So like, have you found that to be the case with a lot of these clients that are buying these, uh, these vehicles? Is it, is it more, are you getting, are you getting some that are like very thorough and wanting you to shop rates every year and, you know, they want to pay in cash every month. And because like what, what no. the majority of us think, and we think a majority auto book is like, dear God, the service must be ridiculous, but I know it's probably not. It's, and so it, do you, do you get that? And, and you probably do have some of the pretenders too, the guy who's buying the, the Maserati that probably <laughs> it calls be, you after he bought it. <laughs> it should be well that you, you're probably getting the Maserati who should be in a civic and, and that sort of thing. Like, Talk about that kind of aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, so, you know, exotics and supercars, the doing it for the grand people and the flexers, yeah. go buy a, a McLaren 570, you know, you can buy or an MP4C, a 2012 MP4C, you can probably pick up for 90, 100 grand now, maybe a little more than 100. And you're driving a McLaren, right? You're cool and you're on the gram and you're flexing for your boys and those guys, you know, those are the difficult they're the difficult ones or they, or they have a claim and they total that McLaren a week later. Um, yeah. and, and now it's on our loss ratio. Or they're, they're frustrated or they, they stress premium because they really can't afford the car. Yeah. And yeah. So we've learned to weed those out. We've got some discovery things that we go through is, Hey, what do you do for work? You know? And, and if we find out that it's new, as we like to call new money, you know, kids that are on YouTube or doing things for Instagram and, and, and social media influencers that are buying these cars, a lot of the times they can't make the payment on the car and the premium payments. And so a lot of the times we tell them up front, hey, we need a year paid in full. Yeah. That's all if, you're buying a, if you're buying a hundred, two, three hundred thousand dollar car, what's the problem with paying five, five thousand up front for a, a year insurance? Right. You know, give me a credit card number. Yeah. And we, and we bill them up front and full for the year. Um, unless it's a client of ours that's been around for a while and you know, some of them want to do monthly. And so we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll do that for people that have been here a while that we're not really worried about. Um, but we've weeded out the bad in the book and service there. Those guys aren't buying and selling and trading cars, you know, like, like your normal person of, Hey, I keep a car for six, eight, 12 months, two years, and then they go sell it and, and trade it in or whatever. Um, the service work on those is very, very minimal. Most of the people just pay their, pay their bill. And we don't talk to them until next year until their bills do. Yeah. Thanks. So second question to that, 
Do you find that the majority of the exotic cars that you insure are financed or do they pay cash? Most are or are they leased? Most are financed. Um, actually, in, in quite a few, there's, uh, and this is pretty cool as a business owner, there's two companies, Putnam uh, and Premier Finance. You can lease that car to your business and the residual at the end of the lease, you can buy it for a dollar. Um, so keep talking, business, keep talking. As a business owner, they'll lease this car uh, and they'll, they'll write off because at least lease payments are 100% deductible if you're an LLC or whatever. Again, not financial advice, talk to your accountant probably, but yeah. you can write off a lease payment. Uh, and at the end of that lease, you could buy that car for a dollar and now you personally own it. Um, and, and some people do. do so you're financing it with the finance company personally, and then you're leasing it to your business. Explain that one more time. Putnam is leasing it. So the business, let's just say uh, Insurance Guys Podcast LLC wants to go buy a McLaren, right? We do. We do. And you want to write off those lease payments. So you call up Putnam and you say, or Premier, and you say, hey, I want to buy this McLaren. Uh, it's $330,000 and I want to lease it to my business. My business is going to write it off. Again, probably ask your accountant before you do this. Yeah, yeah. This is not financial advice. Check with your accountant and your state. Yes. Putnam would say, okay, we're going to lease you this car. We need 30,000 down, 60,000 down, whatever, 10 or 20% or 15, whatever. And you now lease that car. So insurance guys podcast pays Putnam at the end. I got it. You buy that car for a dollar. Bradley Flowers buys that car for a dollar and you own it. So you're technically financing it, but it's on paper a lease. Yes. And that you're paying the car that got it. Got yes. it. Okay. Interesting. I'm, Interesting. I'm not exactly sure how it all works uh, because yeah. I don't do it. Um, but I, you know, we do have clients that, Hey, I've leased it through Putnam. Yeah. And they send the buyer's order and, and the contract it's on there. Um, so I, I, the reason I asked that I insured someone in a prior life that was sort of famous and all of her vehicles were leased. So it makes me wonder if there was something, something going on. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't exotic. It was like Lexuses and stuff. I mean, you got to think, you know, as a business owner, money, normally I would say money's cheap, right? But money's not as cheap as it once was here recently. Interest rates are going up. You can finance a car for, you know, 2% on however long on a high value car. Why would you not finance it for 2%? Take that cash and let it make you money. Um, and, and most of the people that are driving the cars that we insure, you know, the super high value stuff are, are entrepreneurs. Um, they're smart with money. Uh, and they'd rather take that cash and, and let it make money. I mean, you could stick that in a Merrill Lynch account and make more than 2%. Right. Kenny, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. The people had questions and we had answers. That's all I can say about it. For sure. And I think you've given out some really good information that it sounds like about 20% of the insurance suit needs to get come here to this podcast so they can get some answers to some questions relative to, I think what happens if you just want my honest opinion is the run of the mill everyday independent agency that doesn't specialize in exotic vehicles has that one client come in on a random Tuesday at four o'clock and they're like, Hey buddy, guess what? I just bought this sitting in the parking lot. And then they're, they're stuck. Like what, how, where do I, where do I insure this at? Yeah. I mean, we had one call me last week, for instance. The guy was had already sent the wire to a dealership in California. I, I'm sure y'all watch YouTube. Uh, Whistling Diesel bought a new car. He's a 24-year-old kid on YouTube. And I don't know if y'all ever watch his YouTube, but he crushes cars and destroys cars and wrecks airplanes and does all sorts of crazy things. Um, I had an agent call me last week. And said, how do I insure this? And I, I said, well, what's going on? He said, this 24-year-old kid just bought a Lamborghini, $550,000. He already sent the wire for the car. He's purchased it. He flew to California from Tennessee to uh, buy the car. And he's at the dealership. And he can't leave with it. <laughs> and here we go. So what happened? Here's a tidbit for everyone listening out there give you all a little trick of my trade and not cut my hand off, so to speak. You can take a car and put it on progressive for liability only. So you can take a Lamborghini, put it on progressive. There's a little, I, I can't remember. It's like third button down says, is this a classic antique, rare, collectible, whatever. Click the button, put the VIN number, put the make and the model. 
insure that thing for liability only. Or if your state allows you to put 150,000 stated value, and I can do up to 250 with progressive. So you can take that stated value, uh, insure the car, they can leave the dealership, explain to them, hey, the car is only insured for some states is 150 with progressive, others is 250. Your car is insured for this stated value of 250,000. If you drive out the parking lot, put it in a pole and total it, you're only going to get this much money. Make it very clear. And then you need about three days, go to your favorite MGA or whoever you use and say, hey, I need to put a car's value on Lloyd's of London. You syndicates will do it. CRC, uh, we use CRC for some of it. Um, and we insure the car basically on like an inland marine, uh, the value of the car. And you can put the liability portion through progressive. Wow. So if you got a 20-year-old kid that buys a Lamborghini, Haggerty, American Modern, American Collectors, none of those carriers are going to take that until they're 25 or 30. Um, and if the car's leased, Haggerty ain't taking it. If it's a McLaren, if it's a single exotic, American Collectors won't take it. They need two or more because of claims history. American Modern won't take it if it's leased. Hmm. So then your only option is to do progressive for the liability and then go through somebody like CRC to yeah, pick a, do the, the body of the car. Yeah, pick an MGA you got a relationship with and say, hey, man, y'all have a transportation department. Here's what I need to do. I got this person that bought a Lamborghini and McLaren Ferrari, whatever it is. I need to put the value of the car on the Inland Marine. Uh, it's kind of like writing a piece of jewelry. The same premise um, is to put the value of that car through a Lloyd syndicate. Scott? Wow. Yeah. Tell the crush and run story. I don't know if we got time. You talking tell about that old quick. boy? That old boy brought my crush tell, and run over to the house. Tell it real quick. But why does that? What does that have to do with cars? It doesn't. It's just funny. <laughs> and you just life. thought about that. So yes, I, 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 call, I, I called a boy one time. I called a boy uh, October time frame. I said, "Hey, I need number ten crush and run," and we'll end the podcast with this Kenny. And then I, I will let you off the hook here, but I called this old boy one, uh, right around Halloween of last year. And I said, I need number 10 crushing run. He said, no problem. I'll bring it out to you next week. Never showed up. Kim and I went to Nashville. He called me on the phone, said, I got your crushing run, bring it over to your house right now. I said, well, I'm in Nashville, but go ahead and Put it, put it on the driveway because we don't have anything on our driveway. We need this crushing run on my driveway and leave me the invoice in my mailbox and I'll pay you. Well, we get home and there's nothing there. There's no crushing run anywhere. He put crushing run in somebody else's driveway. He did, I guess. I don't know. Then I start texting him and calling him. Won't call me back. Won't return a text. Won't, you know, nothing. Nothing. So a couple months rocks on and I still need my driveway my crushing run on my driveway and i pull up at a wabaho station in arab alabama and it was december the 23rd of 2021 i'll never forget the day i pull up i look over there's a guy in a sterling dump truck getting diesel and on the side of his truck it says union grove alabama and i walk up to him and i said i said you a company man or are you an owner operator he said, I'm, I'm an owner operator. I run my own show. I don't work for nobody. I said, you haul sand, dirt, and gravel? He said, it's all I do every day. Haul it all day long. He gave me his card. I said, I need number 10 crushing run, one load, whole load brought to my house. I will show you where to put it, and then I'll take a tractor, and I'll spread it out on my driveway. He said, no problem. He said, listen, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and the next day is Christmas Day. And it was over the weekend. He said, it's probably going to be the 27th or 28th when I call you, but I'm going to call you when I'm on my way. And I said, no problem. I, I'll be looking for you. Sure enough, 27th comes around. About 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.45, my phone rings. And it's an unknown number. I didn't recognize the guy's name and number. I answered the phone. He said, I'm 15 minutes from your house. I got you a whole skid load of number 10 crushing run coming your way. I walk out to the front. I meet him at my driveway. He pulls in, and uh, I did the thing where I air traffic controlled him into where I wanted it put, and he dumps a load on my edge of my driveway. And I said, man, that's perfect. And after he dumps the crushing run, 
he rolls his window down and he turned his truck off. That should have been my first sign right there. He turns his truck off and he rolls his window down. He said, you got any critters out here? I said, what kind of critter you want? I got all kinds of critters out here. I got armadillo, skunk, polecat, raccoons, deer. What do you want? And he said, no, I'm talking about a dog. You got a dog out here that'll bite? And I said, hell no, I ain't got no dog at a bite. I got an English bulldog that's in the house asleep. And he said, well, my dogs need to use the bathroom. I'm going to let them out. He climbs. Now, remember, this guy's sitting in a, in a Sterling dump truck, and he's probably sitting eight feet high. Yeah. He climbs out of the dump truck. And the first, I, di- I didn't even see the dogs in the truck, but the first dog that climbs out is a part Australian shepherd and part, what's that dog that it was? I told you it was Bradley. It was a little, uh, I don't remember. It was the, the queen of England has a bunch of these dogs. They're the little, uh, uh, the tall poodles. No, they're not poodles. They're Great Danes. Uh, Corgi Corgi. Yeah. Half Aust- I bet y'all ain't never seen one of these before half Australian shepherd, half Corgi. So it looks like an Australian shepherd, but it's got little, little bitty legs on it. That dog jumps down off of his truck and starts pissing all over my plants and everywhere my dog's ever pissed, he's pissing all over everything. So over comes another corgi, but this is a full-blooded corgi puppy. It's like this big. And the thing jumps down and lands in his arms. He puts it down. It starts pissing all over the place. And this guy's standing there, and he's looking at all my stuff. Like just all around my house. He just kind of kind of eyeballing everything. And he looks over at me, Kenny, and he says, What do you do for a living? And I said, Well, I'm an insurance agent. I'm an insurance agent. And he goes, Hmm. Just like that. He goes, hmm. And I said, What'd you what'd you go hmm for? And he said, Well, he said, you know, I haul a lot of sand and I haul a lot of dirt and I haul a lot of gravel. And I go to a lot of people's houses. And he said, I go to a lot of insurance people's houses. And he said, you know, the one thing I've noticed about going to insurance people's houses is every single time I go to one, they always live in this great big two or three story house. And they've got all these expensive cars and swimming pool in the back and all the toys and the RV parked out to the side of the house. And he said, I come over here. And you're in this little mama papa house, and you know it's it, it's nice place, but you know it really only brings me to one conclusion. And I said, "Well, what's that?" And he said, "You are not a very good insurance agent." <laughs> I love that story. I swear to God, that's exact. That's a true story. That's exactly what was said and exactly how it happened right there. And I told I told that story at the One City World Tour. Bradley's been waiting on me to tell that story on the podcast. He said, right, cool. but oh, I can only come to one conclusion. And I said, what's that? And he said, you are not a very good insurance agent. All right. Close us out. Kenny, thank you for being here today. Yeah, for sure, guys. Thanks for having me. We love you. We appreciate you being on. Hope we help some agents today better understand how to write exotic in- vehicles, of which I will never have one. Because yeah. I will be lucky if I'm not riding a Schwinn bicycle by the time this is all said and done. I was listening right. to that episode before we got on this. I, I didn't go back and finish it, I guess. That was <laughs> recorded last week. It's fresh. Oh, yeah. it's, it's happening right now. All of it. We just didn't have time to get to it today. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. As I always end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world. Build relationships. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund. Go make money for them. Go make money for your parents that are struggling out there and need help. Figure out what your why is and go sell the shit out of insurance today. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. And for God's sake, do not steal the damn money. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. See you guys. Kenny, we love you too. Likewise. Yes, sir. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We love each and every one of you. And thank you so much for being a part of our family. We'll see you back here real soon. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.